it, coaching's tough. I don't care who you are. Any league, it is tough. I, I do give them some shred of it because it's a, it's a 100%. There's, there's very, I won't say 100%, but 99% of the time, you're going to get fired. You're going to get fired. And there's always something. You could be the most successful coach in the world, and people are going to have a problem with what you're doing. Exactly. Bill Belichick might be one of the most hated coaches of his era, and they were the, one of the best teams. And he's going to get. He's not going to get fired. He might be one of the – him, Nick Saban. You know, there's just few coaches out there that you could say, this guy's not going to get fired, but it's – you know, they get to retire. Not many coaches get to retire. Uh, but Indianapolis is in a situation – I'm talking about the Colts. They – are in a weird situation here going into three levels, I believe, of their coaching search. Obviously, it's it's a big news, not only because, you know, soon draft implications and what's happening with their team. You feel like they're a little bit behind the eight ball. But also here in Nashville, I mean, everybody wants to know what's going on with the Colts because Titans, they're also in a weird kind of situation. Let's go up to Indianapolis, talk with the beat writer for the Indy Star. You can follow him on Twitter at Nate Atkins underscore. Nate, thanks so much for joining us. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, where do the Colts currently sit in their coaching search? Because obviously Jeff Saturday's name is still getting leaked around. I feel like there's a fear in Indianapolis, uh, at least from the fan base maybe that says, "Please don't let Jeff Saturday be the guy," but they're worried he might end up being the guy. Yeah, he he's still in the mix, but you know, so are you know at least seven other coaches that they that we know of that are in the second round. And I say that we know of because it's still always possible that they're talking to some uh, candidates from the first round. They're just not announcing it. But so far, there's eight guys that have gotten second round interviews or will get them. The last one will be uh, tomorrow. There, some members of the Colts are going to talk to Shane Steichen of the Eagles for a second time. So they're really just diving in on these guys that they think all have a chance. Obviously, if they're at this stage where they've gone from 14 first round interviews to eight in the second round, and, and they're still at this point there, it's kind of clear that there's not a perfect, easy solution for them, which makes it different than some other, uh, some of the other openings. I know the Carolina Panthers, you know, they, they wanted someone who had a background with quarterbacks and experience as a head coach. So Frank Reich became their guy, uh, Houston Texans, you know, they wanted sort of a high upside young coach to pair with the quarterback and just so happened that, that D'Amico Ryans had played there, but the Colts don't have an, any, anyone that fits that or anyone who does that, that, that wants the job, uh, in, in these circumstances right now, but they do have eight guys that they're interested in enough to be at this level. So they're, they're just giving them all a thorough look that includes Shane Steichen and because they had to wait this week, uh, to, to be able to talk to him, they're, they're trying to balance these very long interviews around his prep for the Super Bowl. It's just sort of extended this process to the point where they, they've kind of decided to dig back in as much as they need to. So that's why they brought back uh, Lions defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn. He got added to the list once they realized they had to wait uh, to talk to Shane Steichen. So it's certainly a very slow and deliberate process, but that's also what they promised uh, when we talked to general manager Chris Ballard at the end of the year is that he had learned from uh, back in 2018, the last time he did this, when he initially reached an agreement with Josh McDaniels, wrapped it up early, and then found out after the Super Bowl uh, that Josh was backing out. He just decided to do it very, very differently this time, and uh, they're certainly sticking to that so far. We're a really big uh, vibe show. Uh, we like to think, okay, how do, what is the real feel of it? Because there's a lot of, you know, you can always get the news and all that kind of stuff and hear what it is, but... 
when you think just of this coaching search and what they're doing right now and really just the vibe of the Indianapolis Colts right now, what is your first gut instinct when you think of this team and the situation that they're in right now? Uh, I think it's a, it's a team right now that's timid, and they're timid because they realize how big of a decision this is and how difficult of a hire it is because there's two things they're trying to get done with this hire. Number one is to find a coach who can be the right guy for the new quarterback they draft. They're almost certainly taking one at number four overall because they've had five week one starters in five years and haven't drafted one since Andrew Luck, and it's time for that, but it's difficult. And so that that would lead you to more offensive guys. But at the same time, they need a very strong leader to lead them out of what really became a cultural mess last year uh, when they were you know, introducing some unprecedented decisions to change quarterbacks, change coaches, go to inexperienced options, and just one change after another has kind of rocked the core of the culture that they had built up for a few years there. So it's a very difficult mix to get both this hugely, uh, you know, hugely impactful leader who can kind of right the ship and and get everyone on on the same page, including ownership, in believing in that message, while also having the offensive acumen to lead this forward with and make everything about the rookie quarterback. So, uh, timid is kind of what I'd say because you know if they if they they could have wrapped this up earlier if they wanted to just hire Jeff Saturday or if there's just one of these coaches they decided we don't want to risk you know, him backing out or let's just make a hire. Instead, the reason it's at this point, the reason there's so many second interviews is that they're really, really being careful not to mess it up because messing it up means you draft a rookie quarterback into this. And then all of a sudden, you know, you become one of those teams that's just cycling through uh, new leaders and new faces and new quarterbacks every few years. And they, they've never really been in that spot. And they're a little bit afraid of, of getting into that spot. Talking with Nate Atkins. You can follow him on Twitter at Nate Atkins underscore Indianapolis Colts beat writer for the Indy Star. Bruno Reagan, what do you got from Nate? Well, there, Nate, there's two takes, I guess, that people have right now with it is that the process is going longer than most other, you know, processes a la Broncos or uh, Carolina. Where, Texans. Yeah, so they're a lot of people are saying they're playing it, quote unquote, safe, right? They want to find the right fit. They want to go through all the candidates. And a, the other side of the coin is they they you were talking about some cultural issues they faced last year and they don't know what they want to establish culture wise either they're just kind of hoping that it appears in this interview process do you think a longer interview process helps or holds their cult the cults or it might just be moot uh i mean like i said the ideal scenario would be you know you just find that perfect candidate if they could find their version of D'Amico ryan's they would have hired him already and that kind of underscores why they're in the spot is that the owner brought in a coach at mid-season last year that he thought of in that kind of realm jeff saturday his longtime you know longtime center here and a guy who uh who has some very good leadership traits that we saw play out but who has no experience above the high school level until he got here for eight games and so uh, it's playing out this long because there's just not that easy fix. And that's for a few different reasons. I mean, part of it is that the Broncos, for example, they, they you know, they ended up not getting their first choice by all, all that we know, but they had three guys that kind of fit what they were, the bold swing they were looking for. And uh, Sean Payton, Jim Harbaugh, and D'Amico Ryans. And th that's a very deep pocketed ownership group that was willing to pay up and do whatever it took to get those guys. The Colts are not quite in that same place they're not going to just throw all the money in the world at somebody to get them to say yes so they have a little less to offer in terms of 
a lot of these levels, the, the salary, the stability, uh, the, you know, the, the roster, it's, it's not the most attractive opening, even though there are some guys who are open to it. And so they're just kind of in this, they're, they're just in a tough situation where they're, they're really trying to get this right. And they're trying to meet this on just so many different levels. They're trying to find uh, one of these special leaders uh, they've always been fascinated, for example, because you guys are in Nashville, and it, I'm not just saying it for that reason, but they've they've always loved uh, Mike Vrabel, and they interviewed him in 2018, and uh, Jim Irsay has been really looking for that version of a coach. That's what that's really what hiring Jeff Saturday was about. It's just you know he's not finding you know, he's not he's not really finding the right uh, mix of experience and uh, and trajectory to get there. So. Um, they're trying to do all that while also realizing they don't have a ready-made quarterback. They've got to build one from the ground floor, which they haven't done since Andrew Luck. So there's just so many of these different factors in play that have them in the spot that's uh, that, that's difficult. But at the same time, we've seen teams that have been in tough spots that have been able to make the uh, the one right hire to kind of get out of it. I think about like the Eagles a couple of years ago hiring Nick Sirianni when they still had Carson Wentz. They were having to move Carson Wentz. You know, and you look at where they're at now, the Jaguars, you know, a year ago were that team that, that seemed a little radioactive, and then all of a sudden they find Doug Peterson. He's a perfect fit. So there is still the right fit out there if they can find him, and that's why they're taking it uh, as slow and carefully as they can because they know that there's a lot of guys who would not be the right fit. If they get stuck with him, then uh, they have some bigger issues. Well, then, Nate, what would you say are some reasonable expectations for a coach coming in? Because the Colts – when Zach and I were growing up, man, they dominated the AFC South. Absolutely dominated. And they went from years of Peyton Manning to a pretty good run with Andrew Luck. Now they have what? Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan, and Carson Wentz back to back to back. So it was a little volatile. I still have PTSD of, of the Titans uh, from as a childhood in those white away uniforms playing up in <laughs> Indianapolis against Peyton Manning because you just knew they were going to lose by 30. Yeah. <laughs> you just knew it was going to happen. So I just wanted to know some, like, realistic expectations for a coach coming in to this situation at least next season yeah if i if i'm a coach coming into this situation next year uh, you know my expectation is that that it's it's got to start in rebuilding the culture and and building up a young quarterback who's going to have rookie growing pains so you shouldn't come into this expecting this to be a playoff team i don't think that necessarily means that they you know that they're destined for a bad season there is a world where you know, they, they can write some of these things and get back to the talented, or at least a lot of the talented team we saw just like a year and a half ago. You've got to remember they were nine and six as the team on hard knocks, and they had just uh, blown out the Bills and the and beat the Patriots and beat the Cardinals, who were good at the time. And uh, they had the most pro bowlers, the most all pros in the NFL. There's a lot of those guys who are still here, still talented players, but there's a lot they have to fix as far as rewiring the offensive line, obviously finding the quarterback, uh, finding a new offensive scheme and then fixing the culture issues. So they find the right coach who who has a good plan for a quarterback who can find one that he he feels like he can mesh with, find a plan to to bring him in at the right time and kind of get everyone on board. I, I think there's a world where they could be sort of a, you know, things break, right. They could be a competitive sort of maybe, you know, eight, eight, nine type of team, if that all works out. But the expectation year one should be that you're not making the playoffs and that you just you just hope you set yourself up to be one of those teams that maybe in a year from now or two years from now, you want to be one of those teams they're talking about is, hey, they've got a really talented team because they have a quarterback on a rookie contract. That guy's getting better. He can play within what they have, and, and they're ready to kind of 
go all in with him, but it, year one's not going to be that, I don't think. Talking with Nate Atkins, Indianapolis Colts beat writer for the Indy Star. You can follow him on Twitter at NateAtkins underscore. Talking about that, too, the quarterback situation, uh, fourth pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. Will Levitz has been the uh, – that's the that's the name that keeps getting thrown around. Where do you think the Colts try to maneuver, obviously with the Texans ahead of them, trying to go for a quarterback mm-hmm. as well? Uh, and it seems like this is one of the better drafts to get a quarterback coming in this year with this class. Where do you think they go at the quarterback position? Because it seems like it's already a lock. They're taking a quarterback one. Yeah, they're definitely going to be taking a quarterback in the top ten. I'd be pretty shocked if they don't. Beyond that, it gets really hard to answer that because they don't have a coach yet. And I feel like a lot of what's going on right now, and I think part of why it's taken so long, is that's a big part of these conversations is how do coaches see Bryce Young stacking up with C.J. Stroud and and Will Levis. And then what's their plan for each from offensive coordinator to uh, whether he sits, whether he plays early, uh, the type of offense you want to have him in. So it's it's hard to answer to get a coach. I can answer on, like, I think Chris Ballard, he's been a guy, the GM, he's been a guy that has always looked at uh, traits and measurables, especially early in the draft. He doesn't like to go for outlier prospects when it comes to size. So – I've always thought C.J. Stroud was mostly uh, the one that fit just what he looks for in a quarterback uh, because Bryce Young has the size questions. Will Levis is a guy that, like you mentioned, a lot of people are connecting the dots there. And I do think there's a world where that could have been and and still might be a possibility. I have a feeling, though, that that when Chris Ballard looks looks a little bit more into Will Levis, he's going to get a few flashes of Carson Wentz just in terms of the – uh, the risk of turnovers and and maybe just not having hit the ceiling at a college level to high you know to in really having brought it together to a little bit more of a work in progress than than I think the uh, CJ Stroud or Bryce Young are and and ultimately Ballard is is does tend to play it safe especially with early picks in the draft so the thing is about this though is that this could be this is going to be end up being a decision that three people will have very heavy input on and Ballard's just one of those the others are the new head coach they hire, and then uh, the owner, Jim Mercer, who has gotten very uh, kind of worn down by the the quarterback carousel and having a new one every year. And he wants this franchise to get more aggressive about getting that guy. So uh, what that ends up meaning, which player it is, I don't know. But it also could play into, you know, trading up to go get that guy rather than sitting and waiting. So there's just so much to iron out with that. But at the end of the day, I think personally, I think that you know Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, I think they're just in a different level than Will Levis, and and I think they'll end up looking at those two the hardest. But uh, a lot of dominoes have to fall down before we really know. Yeah, I know. I know Colts fans don't want any more all chips in tarmac videos from uh, Jim Irsay going forward. Nate, thanks so much for jumping on with us. We're going to be talking more Colts with you, especially as we get closer to the draft. You can follow him on Twitter at Nate Atkins underscore covers all things. Colts for the Indy Star. Thanks, Nate. Yep, thanks for having me. Good stuff there from Nate Atkins. Uh, Yeah, the Colts.